Gabe. What up? Patreon. Whoop. Welcome to Well Actually, a bonus Patreon episode for nerds who think that they understand the meaning of life. So they decided to not only create uh, an episode that talked about other people's interpretation of the meaning of life, but also do we agree with that those particular artists meaning could i be any more confusing in my description of what this bonus episode no, is i about? get what you're talking about i hope other people get what i'm talking about yeah. we this week we're doing a uh we're talking about tv show episodes specific episodes um, and this is going to be a, a, a several segments or several this is part one of several different parts because we're going to tackle my three picks of tv shows that i think deal with the meaning of, of life and then, Gabe, you're going to come back on with your yeah, picks. And part two, Holly will be on for her picks because she prepared picks. But she's, Can't wait. She's got light, life's kicking her in the butt right now. Right. She's killing it. Anyway, I'm your host, Kane Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> and we have uh, the Seagull, the movie Beagle. Gabe Seagull is here. Hey, what's up? Starting his new... Thanks for having me. ...brand new podcast. Yeah, that's coming soon. Oh, man. Do yeah. you want to talk about it now or you want to save it? Uh, I can save it for the end. It's called Face Off Podcast. Let's, uh, I'll, you know, I'll finish it off. Let's get yeah. into your episode. This is your podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the podcast episodes, or excuse me, TV episodes that get into the meaning of life. Before we even do yeah. that, Gabe, what do you think the meaning of life is? Hmm. I think that that is too difficult of a question to just answer. And I think that the episodes that you chose that we'll get to in a little mm-hmm. bit, I think that they all have different interpretations of what that question even means. Yes. I mean, meaning of life for me is like what defines a life. Like what, what, uh, when you're living as a human being, mm-hmm. What are you thinking about uh, in terms of your own mortality? And what are you thinking about in terms of your place in the world? Yeah. Um, And in the history of the world, I guess. Um, And then there's like differences between, you know, your life versus an animal's life or your life versus someone else's life. I'll tell you this. Okay. When I was younger, Uh and I'm not like fully positive I don't agree with this anymore, but I try to ignore it because it scares me and it gives me like existential crises Uh um i used to wonder if i was the only person that's ever existed you know the whole like truman show idea oh it's like what if this was all created for me sure how am i because i've only ever been me i've never been someone else Mm -hmm. how am i supposed to believe that you're not just like a part of the life that was created for me but very a, that's point. a really self-centered Absolutely. Uh, way of viewing things. And, everybody, and B, it wouldn't really make sense. There's just like too much information of like a history behind me to be like, who who would have created this? Like I have to think of like who would be the 
data processor or whatever, or the screenwriter who wrote all that stuff for me to find out, like history and everything. Who was the, there was a philosopher, I think maybe it was Plato, that said, uh, and I, I could be completely wrong, but there was a philosopher that talked about um, how, like, if you grow up in your surroundings, like, say you grow up in a cave, yeah, you think you Plato's think, allegory of the cave. Yeah, you think the fire yeah. is the sun, right? And uh, and then you, that's your existence. So that mm-hmm. when you get it, when you finally get out of the cave and you see the world for what it really is, it's too much for you. It's basically the plot of both the Truman Show and the Matrix. Yes. And last time I watched the Matrix, I was thinking of that the whole time, and I actually started getting dizzy while I was watching it. Oh, really? I like I love the Matrix. It's one of my favorite movies, but I purposely don't watch it often because it it scares me because it's like Mm. the whole idea of you know because we don't necessarily know if there is life after death i have to think this is my only life and i've Mm -hmm. only had this life i will only have i i will only ever have this life and that always scares me yeah and so like getting into these existential questions always scares me yeah but i do I mean, this is the thing that I love about movies and TV, that we're able to explore those kind of notions. And I can't wait to do your episodes, too, because when I asked you to be on the show, initially I was going to say we should tackle my list and then your list, but that would be six things. Yeah, it'd be t- and that it would, would be, take too long. Yeah, it would take too much. And then I think... If our end-of-the-year mo- uh, end movie episode... Uh, taught us anything it's just that you would have to rush through everything yeah. you wouldn't even be able to describe it all. like i'm gonna do uh i'm gonna do so we've done uh regular episodes on the mcu yeah and we've done mcu phase one Correct. and phase two and phase three has 16 movies that's what's coming out. That's like the new phase that's coming out? No, no, no. No, the, no, Phase, phase three, three is the, Right, it already happened. Yeah, it already happened. It just ended with Spider-Man. Yeah. So, um, and we're going to... We we definitely got to finish off our MCU series right. with phase three. But since there's 16 movies... You're going to have to break that up. Yeah, so multiple. now that has yeah. to be part... part MCU phase three, part one... MCU phase yeah, three, there's part enough two. in e- those movies have become so much more complicated over mm-hmm. time that you really have to break it up. Well, I mean, you could you could spend about two minutes on Captain Marvel, but then like <laughs> the rest of it, like each of the that's true. Ones, yeah, but uh, what I I I like the idea of thinking about. I so I had a panic attack when I was a child thinking about. I remember at the same time I realized in my heart. And in how what I believe in is that you know no God there is no heaven mm. you just it's dirt nap you lay in the ground and you you feed the earth and yeah that's kind of my belief yeah yeah so I came to that realization after I realized there's no Santa <laughs> okay yeah. so I was laying I go in, hand in hand I was laying in bed and it was Christmas Eve and I was just in full panic mode thinking to myself I can't fall asleep because I'm too excited but if I don't fall asleep Santa might realize that and not come down the chimney. And then I thought, why the fuck would Santa be able to read my mind? Right. So that that's not a possibility. So what if I find what if I'm the one kid because I can't fall asleep? What if I'm the one kid that finds Santa doing his dirt in my house? Right. I think every kid believes that. And it never happened. Christian kid. Dude, it, it I was I remember looked at, looking at the clock it was four in the morning. I haven't slept a wink. I was so excited, and then it hit me. There's no. I'm, well, my parents got up and they started fucking around, 
I think probably around one in the morning. Okay. Putting the presents right. in the, but I just, ass- I hope it was that kind of fucking around. Yeah. They were <laughs> there. First they fucked, then they put the presents under the tree, right. but it sounded like they were putting more presents under the tree. It's and in my brain. I could put the pieces together. And then I was like, no, 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 no. And that's where it started to spiral for me. It was like, I heard my parents just do Santa, Santa dirt. It sounds like since that was like the impetus to you figuring out uh, about life and afterlife, it, it sounds like Santa was your image of God. Yes. Like the idea, everything about Santa was God to you. Yes, absolutely. If I do this thing wrong, God is going to punish me. Yes. But then you realize, hey, I did this thing wrong. People have done these things wrong. Did God really pay attention to all that? Yeah. Then you get it. Yeah. It I don't started... know if I necessarily want to get into like religion on this episode. No, but, no, no. It doesn't have but to. I think, yeah. That's but what well, we we actually will get into religion. That's one of oh, the right. po- that's one of the epi- the TV episodes. True. But I was I remember feeling complete panic, realizing that there's no Santa, and I kept fighting back and forth. No Santa. Well, if I believe there's no Santa, then he'll know that and I won't get presents. And then yeah. it just, then it got to God. And then I started thinking, okay, so have they been telling me God is a thing? And this all happened in one night where I'm like, so if God isn't real, then heaven isn't real. That means when I die, it's just darkness. And I had full panic attack. Then Christmas day hit and I went outside and the presents were what they were. We opened up our gifts and every, there was a bunch of them from Santa, and I knew there, he didn't come because I was up all night. And, uh, and then it just washed over me, this feeling that it's all going to be black <laughs> when yeah, you that, die. I mean, that's the most terrifying thing. And I got so scared, and then it, then it went away. And since then... It doesn't. Sc- it does not oh, really? scare me. Not oh, in the least. Not anymore. I wish we could have switched places. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's death is still the number one fear for me. Sure. Like I hate flying. I hate being high up, and I hate snakes and seizures. What are you, Indiana Jones? Yeah. You hate I snakes. hate snakes. <laughs> um, no, I mean death is just absolutely terrifying to me. I don't understand it. I don't think I'd ever understand until it happened sure and i don't really want it to happen yeah but it's like the number one thing that keeps me up at night well so, so that being said let's talk about life yeah let's talk about life in referencing uh television shows one of my all-time favorite tv shows all all three of them are favorite tv shows of mine yeah first two of one, them are mine first one we're starting with is the simpsons cool i'm glad we're starting with this one good i didn't tell you ahead of time that i do not like the simpsons uh, how or maybe old, we've talked. How about old this. are you? I'm 27. Okay, I grew up maybe with the Simpsons. It's your age, because Carly and her husband are also in their 20s, mid 20s, and they also don't like the Simpsons. But I grew up with the Simpsons. It was the show that I watched growing up. It's just at some point I go, "Wow, it's been like five episodes and I haven't laughed once." I don't really oh, get the point of the show. You are but in, um, actually, you're dead my, you would have loved this. Uh-huh. Uh, and my buddy Nick, who I'm doing the podcast with, um, he absolutely loves The Simpsons. He has the same view that you have. Yes, and he took at my school at University of Redlands. They have a whole like May term class, like the the month of May, you take like one class. Uh-huh. They had one class on the philosophy and religion of The Simpsons. 
Really? And you would have loved it. Oh, my God. I, and I, yes. I think I would have appreciated it more. I think The Simpsons is a smarter show than Family Guy. Yeah. Uh, and at times, South Park. Although I think there's a lot of South Park episodes that are a lot more clever than mm-hmm. people give it credit for. Um, I just don't find it funny. That's insane to me. Did I know, you? Wa- I did for a long time, but I'm older now. I should like it more. I think it's a cartoon for adults more than it is for kids. It's never been for children. I know, and I liked it more when I was a kid. I don't know. That's Maybe insane. I was just like a, you know, before my time, like wise kid. Uh, no, 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 absolutely not. Uh, it, this is season four. I can't remember which episode it's uh, like number. Yeah, but it's in the middle of the season. Homer the heretic. Yeah. And so quick synopsis of Homer the Heretic. Homer uh, is uh, having a dream. It's, the episode starts out where baby Homer is floating around right. his mother's uh, uterus, and he's in her belly, and it's before he's born. And then her water breaks, and then he doesn't want to leave because it's so warm and cozy, and he's very happy. And then the doctor yanks him out, and then he wakes up, and he's in his bed. And Marge is like, get up, Homer. She's tugging on it's his foot. church, yeah. Got to go to church. He doesn't want to go to church. He rips his church pants, and that's the catalyst that makes him stay home that day. Right. And He thinks it's a sign or something. No, he just does. He's like, I'm not going. I ripped my oh, pants. Right. Yeah. Not even going to deal with it. It's snowing out. It's miserable for the family yeah, to get there. Blizzard. It's like it's supposed to be like the coldest day ever or whatever mm-hmm. in The Simpsons. Yeah. And they, uh, Marge, Bart... Uh, Lisa and Maggie head to church while Homer stays home, and he has, his words, the greatest day of his life. It beats right. out the birth of his children mm-hmm. and his, his marriage to Marge, and I think the time that the Duff, uh, Duff beer truck yeah, exploded jackknifed on the highway, yeah. <laughs> and just sprayed beer in the air, and he that ran around good, naked. I like that sequence. That was funny. <laughs> He's going, hee-hee-hee, hee So... Yeah. He finds a lucky penny. He makes his favorite waffle. He curses in the bath uh, while he's taking a shower. He uh, he wins he wins a radio contest. Okay, yeah, the TV, that's right. The TV turns on a football game. And yeah, just ran it. I didn't understand how the concept of TV worked in that episode where he was like, you just watch, like you turn on the TV and have no idea what could possibly be on the one channel you turn it on. Yeah. I mean, it's like a cartoon TV, I guess. But like, and then it turns to football. Like, how did he not know it was football? It was it's one of those old timey TVs. Yeah, that you don't you remember only those get one channel. You got like a couple channels. But isn't it supposed to take place in like the time when the episode took place? Oh, well, I think uh, I think it's more of a representation of Homer's been killing it so far. And so he's hoping that his happen. luck that will just. That was such a weird lucky thing. He'll just happen. turn the TV on and something great will be on. And then it was a uh, well, just sort like, of no. It went from one channel to uh, it's like we inter- uh, we interrupt this broadcast to bring you football or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I just had a, I know it's a cartoon. I had a hard time understanding why that even happened. Well, it's to show that that Homer choosing like nothing could go wrong in his. Uh, well, Homer choosing not to go to church. Homer actually choosing what he wants over what his duty is is what is. Is uh, is the catalyst for all of these other things? Right. It's what's what he's because he wants these things, and he's actually deciding to live his the life he wants, and no harm befalls anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not using anybody else for his gains. Then he gets what he wants. He gets to eat his waffle. He gets to have a nice cozy 
day home. He gets right. to sit around in his underwear. He gets a lucky penny. Yeah. All is good in the world. That's true. The only time that it starts, and even when Marge is at him, he's still like, listen, I think, I think what I'm doing here is, is good. The animals are talking to me. Oh, yeah. I feel very content in, in my heart and my soul. And then I even, I thought maybe I might be doing the wrong thing, but I had a dream. God had visited me. God had five fingers for some reason. Oh, yeah. And had a whole discussion with him about why God was angry at him for not coming to church. But then the Homer breaks it down. He says, why do I need to go to church? You know, I, what if I, I like, why do I got to go to a place when I can worship you in my own way and be right. very comfortable? And God's like, it's kind of hard to argue with that, especially if he's yeah, omnipotent and he's everywhere. Like that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And so that whole episode is you're you're like oh Homer's very it's very divine, almost divine intervention. Right. It's like personal divine intervention. Right. Yes. Yeah. When the reason it starts to go bad, mm-hmm. and you notice you I don't I didn't really notice this until I rewatched the episode, which is where I got the idea for this ep- uh, this episode, is when Homer starts to go overboard. And starts yeah. to think that he's better than people. Right. He makes fun of Krusty's religion. He makes fun of Apu's religion. Right. He starts boozing super early and smoking cigars in his house and looking yeah. at porn. Yeah. As soon as that shit when he happens. he became a heathen. Yeah, yeah. As soon as he went from from uh, stoic and all-knowing to piece of shit, that's yeah. when God was like, all right, this is done. This experiment right. is over. Obviously, we cannot leave you to your own devices. Right, which I think, like, for me, I guess, the purpose of that or the meaning of that was just that it was telling you that, like, religion, especially like Christianity, it shouldn't be necessarily, like, a punishment. Yeah. Something you should do, you should be caring about yourself as much as you're caring about the world. And when you care about yourself, you find happiness. Right. But it's, like, overindulging in anything will ruin that. And... um he like, even though he skips out on church, he's doing a religious thing. Like yeah. self care is like a sort of religious thing, especially in Christianity, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I studied Judaism growing up, but I also, you know, I know a, a good amount about Christianity. My brother's, um, you know, a devout Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of Christianity to me is, um, the idea of it is make the, you, you should do good things because if you don't, then you're going to ha- go to hell. Right. You know, it's all about like a reward after life, but yeah. make things right at that time. Whereas like Judaism, you know, it has its flaws as well, but like Judaism is um, make the world a better place while you're in it because there's right. no, we don't know what happens after. Exactly. And to have the outlook that, that Homer has at the moment, it's like, look, I'm, I'm living my best life now and I don't, I don't need that re- that right. reward or that punishment because his reward is like in the present. Yeah. But then when he overdoes his reward, he mm-hmm. basically like w- wastes away the, you know, his like essentially God-given freedom right. for that day. Well, he could have it's interesting. I don't really know where to He well, he could have had it all. He could have had it, but just like it's a commentary. It's also a commentary on human beings in general. Right. Once something is good, you start testing the boundaries. Yeah. And then you see how much more you can get away with until eventually it's just complete and utter chaos, which is what happens. 
he he catches his fucking house on fire. Right. That's right. And it shows you that you can't even though he was been he's been kind of shitty of late to all these people. These people came to his rescue and saved his life as they always do. Yeah, and it was uh, I love how Reverend Lovejoy was like he's like we're all God's children, you know, uh, be it Christian, Catholic or miscellaneous. And he yeah. looks at a poo and he's like I'm Hindu. Yeah. <laughs> there there <laughs> are 700 like, million like, of us. That was like probably one of two times I laughed. Oh, that's that. insane. I like the episode, though. I really like this one. It's I, a I great, will say that. It's yeah. a good episode. It's just like, also felt like, uh, I don't know. It was just 26 minutes of like, whatever. It's not 26 minutes of whatever. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic it's, and hilarious and really smart. Because the other part of this is uh, the my entire theme for my... Uh, my meaning of life, I guess, is, is what I believe in the meaning of life is, is all your choice. Right. Whatever choices like, you I make. I think that the three, these three episodes that we're talking about are, have that nice common thread. Yeah. And it, it was only until I like, I mean, I understood when you told me what the Breaking Bad one was, mm -hmm. but in my head, I started figuring out, oh, this is his perception of what the meaning of life means or what an episode on the meaning of life would mean. Yeah. The and that's the common thread. It's like taking control of your own life and f figuring out what what it is that makes you feel alive. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and so that first episode, the Simpsons episode is a is a commentary on how you make a choice, it works out, but once it goes too far, uh, once you once you forget the reasons you you were doing it for, right. and you start to push the boundaries like humanity usually does, we ruin it. So the, right. the life lesson there is is everything in moderation. Yeah, shoot your shot, make your choice, but don't yeah. but don't try and have it all all right then. Also. Focus on yourself yeah. until you destruct everyone else, and that's like that's your limit. Yeah, or destruct yourself. I mean, so. The second episode, also dealing with choice, is from one of my other favorite TV shows of all time, Seinfeld. Love it. So good. So good. And it is it is probably one of the most well-written television episodes in sitcom history, in my opinion. It's probably one of my favorite episodes. I mean, I, George Costanza... I mean, it, it's a, a show like Seinfeld, it's kind of impossible to have a favorite character. Yeah. They each have their strengths, and they're so strong yes. um, as characters uh, compared to other TV shows. But George, when when something is really about George Costanza, it's when I really love that episode. Oh, it's the best because Kramer's always going to be funny, mm -hmm. um, Elaine's always going to be Elaine, and Jerry's always going to be Jerry. But like George can like make or break a really good episode. <laughs> he really can. And this one is all this one. It's Once, called the opposite. Yeah, this was in season five, the season finale. finale. Yeah, and uh, this was after season four, because season four they it, they decided to do um, a not episodic. What's the word I'm looking for? Where it, it, there's an over there was a through line. Yeah, yeah which, overarching with story. George and his fiance, right? No, no, no. That's season seven. Oh, okay. Later. Season yeah. four is NBC approaches oh, right, Jerry. Right. The, about, the Seinfeld show yeah, about nothing. Yeah. And so that's where they came up with the show about nothing. So once they realize that works, they can do that again. Yeah. So they start having... So season five is great. Like, I mean, three on, I think the show finds its footing in what, it's, what it does. I agree. And 
by five, I mean, it's just consistently so fucking funny. Yeah, that is such a good season. And season five, George ends up moving in with his parents. Um, he, Which I love that the show did because it gives you more George and, uh, or not George. Um, Frank Costanza. Frank and, and his mom. Uh, whatever his mom's name. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of Estelle, but that's. Estelle, uh, it's Estelle. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, who's also the. You have agent no eye for friends. fashion. I have no eye for fashion? <laughs> All right, enough. But I love how Frank is so great. There's a little bit, there's k- tiny little moments where George's life is going to turn around. Right. He uh, was about to become a hand model. Right. And then Elaine, uh, no, uh, Kramer's girlfriend pushed him into an iron. Yeah. And he held an iron, ruined his hand. So then he's both hand. unlucky and his instincts are wrong. Yes. And I like that this episode focuses on his instincts. Yes. It's. It's figuring out one way to fix his life is to ignore his instincts. There's a super good line by um, Jerry that I wrote down. Yeah. That is, if every instinct that you have is wrong, then the opposite would have would have to be right. Yes. And that's like the whole theme of the episode. And it is right for yeah. George. It's not right for like an average person. It's not right for Elaine. Right. Kramer should always trust his instincts. Right. Kramer's um, instinct. He's the luckiest character. Of I mean, all George, oh, Jerry is Jerry's yeah Jerry Jerry but they so we noticed that Jerry's life never really changes in too dramatic a fashion like he had a TV show and then the TV show went away and he's just been in the spot he's in he's found a nice comfortable niche in his life he's got the friends he has out yeah. yeah so he we've realized that in this episode uh George is down his instincts are wrong he needs to do the opposite Jerry, we find out, um, he always remains even. Yeah. He's even Steven, and Elaine's life is going on the up. Yeah. And as soon as George decides to take, make the choice to do the opposite, it alters Elaine's reality. Right. Everything that was good for Elaine is now bad for Elaine because of George. And it's specifically... Because everything has to even out. Jerry believes in a balance beyond just himself. Right. Everything has to even out. Right. And in this universe, Jerry is the sun. Right. And the other, all the other three are orbiting around yeah, they him. they revolve around him. So yeah. he, so George realizes like, just, just based on impulse, he's tired of living in the existence he lives in. He's just going to order a different lunch. He's going to order the exact opposite lunch he's ever had. Right. I always get tuna on toast with a cup of coffee. No, I'm getting chicken salad on rye, uh, untoasted. And a cup of tea. Yeah. And he somehow orders the exact same lunch this beautiful blonde woman sitting at the diner bar. Right. Ha- had just happens to. And his instinct would be normally either fuck it up by talking to that person or just not even approaching that yeah. person because he knows he's not going to do well. Right. But he goes against his instincts and then he asks her out and she admires his honesty and mm-hmm. his sincerity and his view of the universe at that time because he's no longer a cynical asswipe. Yeah, he's just... he's And he's admitting his pathetic nature. And, you know, women, I guess, it, especially in a sitcom... Uh, the the female trope or whatever always admires sincerity right. and honesty. And and the confidence within that. Right. I mean, he just looks at her. He's like, I don't know if I should say this. I want to do the opposite. Really, what can I lose? I mean, he right. is he's at his breaking point. Yeah, he's at rock bottom. Yeah, there's nothing... Or what he believes is rock bottom. Yeah, there's nothing else bad that can happen to him in his mind. He right. has reached his lowest point. Yeah. And therefore... 
why not just tell her exactly what I've got going on in my life? Yeah. What is she going to do? Not be in my life? And she wasn't in my life to begin with. Right. And bang, I'm, I'm unemployed, live with my parents. Yeah. Great. My name is uh, Cassandra or whatever her name was. Yeah. And bam, gets a date. And the, the show just, that episode, not only is just a great episode all by itself, but what a way to end a season. Right. It's perfect because uh, it also leads into him getting the Yankee job mm-hmm. because his instincts normally would be to be too afraid of a position like that. He'd always wanted to work for the Yankees, but he never went after it. And he gets a job for the Yankees because he admits all of the things that he hates about the Yankees at that time. Right. And they respect his honesty with that. And and we've grown with George's and seen him what he's like at his job. When George is at his job, he is the worst. And when he gets caught in his lies, because he inevitably always gets caught no matter what. Right. And he tries to lie his way out of it. Yeah. Every single time. Like yeah, he gets gets away with so much on the Yankees. Oh. Yeah. And but before the Yankees, he he was at a publishing book. uh, That's right. And he had sex with the cleaning lady. Right. And because he could not keep the relation because he couldn't get his keep his own lies straight with her. The relationship blows up. Right. She tells the boss. The boss confronts him. He tries to lie his way out and ends up getting fired. But in the interview, he talks about that. that, talks about poisoning his boss. Yep. As soon as he sees George Steinbrenner, he admits that he hates Steinbrenner and every decision he's ever made. Right. And, so, and everyone admires his honesty. Yeah. And that is... But the sad thing... I, I love these kind of episodes, but it's so funny that it's just... Whenever there's a big revelation for a character in a show, they always just forget about it a mm-hmm. few episodes later, and their life goes back to shit. Yeah. So it's really nice to have this like one out of nowhere. I I've been rewatching Friends lately, and I thought, why the since Friends has copied Seinfeld mm-hmm. on numerous occasions, why was there never an episode like this for Ross or for Chandler? Like early season Chandler, if he had done the opposite, maybe things had would have gone his way. Yeah, I think. Uh uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Once, especially once Seinfeld took started taking off, they're like, we need another show like this, right? And then Friends was a Friends was in a, a massive hit all by itself. Yeah, no, I I I don't mean to say anything negatively about Friends. I just I kind of, especially since I'm rewatching right now, yeah, like I would just love to see a Friends version of this episode. Yeah, it would be great, especially for Ross, especially uh, after his third marriage. After his third marriage. Once Losing he's really his job. moved on to yeah from his job um, yeah I think it would have been cool but I, I I mean I love this for George this is like yeah I couldn't think of a more like had this episode not existed and someone gave me pitched this idea of the opposite like going against your instincts being honest when you're not honest and things going your way yeah. I couldn't think of a better character in any show than George Costanza to choose that for. Yeah. And you can also, and this this episode is really great too, whereas like trying to start your own religion and thinking of thinking of yourself in, in this um, highly intellectual way when you know you're not, or not even when you, you just assume you're greater than you are. And so therefore the decision you made to not go to church is your religion, right. is pompous and, and, and sort of inconceivable in real life. Right. Uh, but this episode, for anybody listening, you, you can apply this to your own life. Right. You can look at your life and your surroundings and think to yourself, I don't really 
care for what I do. And let me think of every decision I've ever made that get that got me to this think point. Think about what you could have done if you, it, what your life would be if you did the opposite. Yeah, and all you have to do is exactly do the opposite of what you would normally think to do. Like I, like I, uh, I was working in a shit job. I was getting paid no money, right. and then I kept making the same kind of stupid decisions, and I got deeper and deeper down the hole. Right. Once I decided, like, just do this thing. Right. Just do, just go and get this job. Yeah. Then you can get out of this. You then you won't be so in in the shit house money wise or or just job wise. And the next thing I knew, I was chilling. Just I, I was I worked uh, in a building two blocks down the road, whereas before I was driving two and a half hours in traffic right. both ways to get to a job I hated, and and I w- I did that for years. I, I just did like, that for fucking years. Um, the interesting thing, so the so the Homer episode of The Simpsons is about um, treating yourself right, mm-hmm. like taking care of yourself. Whereas this episode for me is about taking command of your life. Yeah. And I think beyond what you just said, your episode on uh, the Sex Actually podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, or what's it called? Is this Sex Actually? Yeah, it's Sex Actually. Sex Actually podcast Dave with Dave Neal and uh, Tasha. Tasha Courtney. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Your episode on that was about taking command of your life because yeah. you didn't think that you were going anywhere that you were interested in. Yeah. And you took a risk to become a comedian. And yeah. Work in comedy. I always wanted to do stand up. Yeah. And I was too afraid of it. I thought I was. I well, just then worked. you did the opposite of what your instincts had taught you for yeah. a while because you were afraid of doing that. Instead, I guess you just like either you trusted your inner instincts or you just ignored the the societal societal norm instinct that yeah. you had been um, using for your life. Absolutely. And it's good. Um, and you did you know, the same thing. Similarity. Yeah, I did. I mean, I haven't found my, you know, my thing yet, right. but I, you know, I left my job because I saw myself being there for like two or three years and just being miserable every single day. Mm-hmm. And life is way too short to be miserable. Yes. And though, it sounded like, though it felt like a millennial thing to try something and then just give up before I really had gotten to know it, mm-hmm. I thought it was important to take control of my own life and be like, why are you doing this? Just because people would say that this is the normal thing to do? No. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. Don't be miserable every day. Yes. You're just going to poison everyone else's day by complaining about it. Right, right. I complain about anything. Um and yeah, and when you told me, I remember when you hit me up right. and told me that, I was so excited for you. Yeah. You're like, I quit my job. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. But what's even funnier is you you worked your balls off to get that job. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I, you know, I, I appreciate that my parents got me to where I am today, but like, you know, I, they paid for me to go to law school. I, you know, I worked my ass off for three years in law school. I hated every single second of it. Yeah. Then I worked my ass off to study for the bar. And I was so proud when I got this offer to work for this firm. And I, even when I was working for the firm for a little bit, I was on, you know, I was on, well, actually a few times before I found out if I passed the bar yeah. and if I could be an attorney yet because of some other complications that I was so proud the day I became an attorney. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so like I needed to be an attorney at this firm. I was like, you know, I, I pulled my boss aside and I said, Hey, there's some problems with like my paperwork and this whole process. I may not be an attorney. Um, I'm so sorry for this. And it's just like, now I look back and I'm like, 
why did I ever give a shit? I, I didn't like the job. Right. How is that my biggest accomplishment? Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of passing the bar, but like, that's not what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. And I'll so right, figure it out. Right now you're pulling a Homer. Right. And you're doing what's best for your soul. I'm literally pulling a Homer though, because though I've been, I've been unemployed for a while, I've, I've done some little like contract jobs. Yeah. But some days I just decide, I'm like, you know what? I'm not getting out of bed until like three today and I'm going to watch a bunch of TV instead of applying for jobs. And Which is very office space of you. Yeah. It's very, yeah. Which I, I, uh, so love and I need to watch again. I haven't watched I know, me it. Too. I haven't watched enough of office space. I, I think I in my it. life. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, so I've always, uh, and this is episodes not to be preachy at all to you guys to be like, look, listen, yeah. If you if you're gonna if you need to live your life right, it's not only listening to this podcast and us, but it's, but it's also opposite, watching yeah. those TV shows. Oh, yeah. You fuck. So I don't want you guys to take it like we're we're sitting here going like, look, listen, you could do this. I'm just saying that it is applicable. You can't right. actually. I mean, I mean that's the point. Of, I mean, the point of TV it doesn't necessarily need to tell you how to live your life, but right. like people watch certain shows because they find them relatable. Right. Some people like shows more because they're relatable. And sometimes they like them because there's applicable, um, you know, messages in it. But I, and I, but I just first, I feel so strongly about this one, the opposite, just this, yeah. the opposite. I just I, feel I like so strongly about it. When he says, this is no longer some crazy notion. This is my religion. And again, yeah. it goes back to religion. Uh, and then Jerry's like, so then your Messiah would be the Antichrist, right. which I thought was very funny. But I, I'm, I can understand that that idea yeah. uh, of going. This is what I wanted it to be. Then yeah. the moment, the moment George goes back to his instinct, he's threatened by Elaine. That's right. And and she's like, you s- stick to the opposite. Yeah. Just reminding him, you weren't even on my radar. Yeah. Until you opened your mouth and said what your gut instinct says to right. say, you stick to the opposite and you and I won't ever have any problems. Right. And I just thought that moment, that little moment, which is, you know, you take it as a sitcom context of like, oh, it's just like a funny Elaine is threatening. No, George. it's like a more, uh, there's, there's something deeper to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just like, Hey, totally stick agree. to the, stick to the course, stick right. to the course, big Ned, you're doing super. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then our final... Wait, before I move on oh, yes. to that, I mean, I just, just little notes. I miss Juji Fruits so much. Oh, I love Juji Fruits. I wanted Juji Fruits so bad. They don't exist anymore. I go to the theaters all the time. They don't exist at theaters. I don't think... Yeah, I think they, they might be out. They were predominantly a theater candy. Yeah, I think they're out. I think it's probably because they stick to your teeth. Yes. They get real caught in your teeth, but it's the only thing that would be a normal annoyance that doesn't for me. And also... I have something, but I will bring it up when we talk about the next episode because mm-hmm. it relates to the next episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the very next episode, our last episode to talk about that delves into the meaning of life is probably one of the one of the epi- best episodes of the show and TV I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Just in in terms of early writing for a TV show, right? And acting. Yeah, and it changed totally. my mind on Brian Cranston, and of course, I'm talking about Breaking Bad, yeah. and it is season one, I believe, episode four, and it's the pillow talking pillow episode. Yeah, gray matter. Gray matter. Yes. So we've seen up to this point, Walt's 
got lung cancer. Jesse bought an RV with his life savings, and they are cooking. And then it goes as wrong as a meth, as yeah. a meth drug kingpin in literally the startup. first episode. Yeah, yeah, can go. Mm-hmm. He killed two people using chemistry and a bike lock. Yeah, and then um, and then he had to clean it up and get out, and that was his. Mm-hmm. La- and then he was just. He's like, I'm, I'm going, I'm choosing death. Yeah, well, it was um, the first episode. I mean, the pilot is so good at giving you exactly what the show is. Mm-hmm. The whole show. Yeah. One of the first scenes, he's on this weird exercise machine in his house, and he's looking at the Nobel Prize that he won mm-hmm. when he was an important scientist. Yeah. And he sees that not only has his life fallen apart, in terms of his career and his aspirations, but his life has fallen apart in terms of his physical body. Yes. And the only, he's tired of being the uh, person who doesn't take command of his own life. Mm -hmm. And he wants to go do something illegal for a change, something opposite of what he's always done, taking a big risk and going for it. And even that, by the end of the first episode, comes crashing down as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah. And then in the second episode, when he has to kill um, Crazy Eight. Yeah, and it is, it's but, a, it's like, he wanted to create, Vince Gilligan wanted to create a character that goes from Mr. Chips to Scarface, someone that was, you wouldn't ever suspect would right. be an evil person. You can kind of see he's, he's, the, he, the first two episodes, Walt has done things that are unforgivable. That right. he will have to live his short life right. remembering and living with until his last breath. And that even actually becomes a bigger moment in the episode in the second season, the four days out, mm-hmm. when he's convinced he's dying in that moment. Yeah. And he realizes he did all of that stuff. He did it for his family and for his legacy or whatever. Yes. But he has... That's the one where he fully acknowledges his mortality. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one is not necessarily just his mortality. It's his last days on earth. How is he going to live it? Right. And is he going to be alive or is he going to be some artificial version of himself? Which is such a great... So the, the, the that episode, which God is my... And it's, I believe it's also Vince Gilligan's favorite episode. But I, it's, I remember watching... I didn't want to watch the show. Because I didn't like Brian Cranston because I my parents made me watch Malcolm in the Middle. I liked him. I, I watched that show and I liked him. But mm-hmm. I also was like, I, I remember when it first came out and my mom was watching it and I was like, yeah, I don't I don't see how this could be that interesting. Right. I'm not I'm not going to watch this. Yeah, I didn't have I, I, I was like, I saw the guy and I'm like, not interested. I don't like the dad from from Malcolm in the Middle. Right. I never liked Hal. So mm-hmm. I'm not interested, and that's how I—that's how small-minded I was. And I I'm was like, too. he's probably Hal in the show. It's probably Hal, right? So uh, why well, it's would like, I oh, watch? It's gonna it. be like funny once in a while with some like serious undertones. Yeah, that was it. I just, oh god, I hated Malcolm in the Middle so much, and so I stayed away for the first two episodes, and then everyone kept talking about it. Obviously, right. So then this is back in the day when I you would rent. DVDs from Netflix. Yep. So I rented the DVDs and started watching it. Get like three a week in the mail. Yeah, yeah. and I and I love. I was 
you know, the first episode has boobs in it and cursing, and I'm like, is, is this on, this is on AMC? It's so right. confusing. But you don't actually see the boobs. No, uh, well, in the edited uh, on the unedited version, you oh, do. I didn't know that. Yeah, no. it's actually on Netflix right now. If you watch oh. the first episode of Breaking Bad, Dope. there's titties. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, the woman next door to the place that they're cooking meth. Yeah, they're gigantic. It's yeah, insane. they're big fake titties. Yeah. yeah. So, but by episode, I don't like that scene because it doesn't make any sense for Jesse's character, especially since like. A few days later, he's just like for whatever how ha- for whatever reason needs to have sex with Wendy. Like, how does he go from that woman, some like milf oh, next door, yeah. to Wendy? Oh yeah, because uh, Wendy it- like bounces up and down on his. Pee. I'm wondering when that. That's a few episodes. Later. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Anyways, we'll, we yeah. can move on. From that. So so. By episode four, it starts out both him, both Jesse and Walt are realizing that uh, they can't live the straight life. Right. Like it starts out, we start off with Jesse trying to get a job. Right. And he wants to get a good job. Yeah. And then he realizes he's, he's interviewing to be the promotional commercial outside, spinning yeah. signs in a dollar sign suit. Right. Runs into his buddy Badger. And Which he's just unwilling to do. He's, yeah. he's unwilling to believe that that's what his life could be. Can't do and it. He's a bottom feeder. Right. So instead, him and Badger are going to start cooking in the camper. He has the camper. He has the, the stuff. Might as well. Yeah. They take off. Walt, juxtaposed to Jesse's story, he's heading to his more successful... far Gretchen and Elliot. Yeah, Gretchen and Elliot of Grey Matter... Uh, who he helped start and right. pretty much in Walt's it's mind. It's his idea. It's his idea. Right. That they essentially stole from him. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get to that. And when they go there, not only not only do they feel like they don't belong, but it's shown in what they're wearing. Right. Walt's got this big ill-fitting suit. So I wanted to talk about this. Uh-huh. That's the same exact design sports coat. As what George is wearing at the end of the episode <laughs> in the opposite. Oh my it's God, you're right. The exact same sports coat. That you're right. I guarantee you, it is the same sports coat. Like they that it just gets passed along and is used in in shows. Oh man, it's, it's so big on Brian though. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, it makes you're, sense because George is a stockier person. Yeah, that's right. And George, I just love how George comes in. And he's like, "Let's a nice day for a ball game." Yeah, right. Let's uh, have one too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they. Anyways, yeah, he shows. They show up and they feel out hilarious. of place because they feel poor, and he feels this. The theme of him at that episode, in that episode, is that he's so where he used to be. He's so far behind now. Yeah. It, he there's he's no there's nowhere he's nowhere near the level of success that Gretchen and Elliot are. And, and he doesn't even have the comfort in his own clothes. Yeah. Everyone else is wearing beige, comfortable clothing. Yeah. And they're overdressed in essentially prom. <laughs> yeah, she's Skylar. Where did she yeah. even get that fucking blue dress? I don't know. So um, uh, Gretchen, Walt gives Gretchen, or Walt gives uh, Elliot. Elliot noodles for a birthday gift because it's more sentimental than the other things yeah. whereas he's also getting a guitar from uh, Eric Clapton yeah Eric Clapton's guitar yeah so they so they start they have they start rekindling 
And it's been a while, and whatever happened between them, we don't ever, ever learn what happened really between them. Yeah, I'm going to get to this. Oh, okay. Because you do, in a way. Yeah, there's like a roundabout way, but you never fully learn... Right. No, no, no. You don't know the details ever. You right. get like little specifics that help you with that. Really only Keep Walt knows. I'll talk about it. So they start talking. They start talking about the old days. And then Elliot starts asking him how he's doing and then tries to bring him into gray matter. Which Walt, Walt's pride makes him a little skeptical at first. But it's only when he finds out that it is a pity offer mm-hmm. because of his impending death. Yes. That he fully, he ignores the graciousness of Elliot mm-hmm. and of Skylar mm-hmm. in trying to help him and seeking help. He ignores it to be angry at Skylar. Yes. For embarrassing him mm-hmm. and asking for someone who he considers his peer yeah. to you know, be his boss and right. be the one who saves him from his life. Yeah. I have like a big note that I'll say, but once we get through the whole Right. Episode. So Walt eventually gets to, yeah, he's mad at Skylar and Skylar rallies the troops and decides we got to get, we have to have an intervention and we have to tell Walt what, how his decision not to get the treatment is affecting them and guilt trip right. him into getting the treatment. Right. It's, and again, it's a different version of taking command of your own life. Yes. But, but this version is taking command of your own life to benefit the lives of others. Yes. But, you know, he's also not only, he's mostly just bullied by Skylar. Yeah. Skylar wants to decide everything for him. Right. And he wants to, he wants everything to be on his terms. And at the end of the episode, even though he got his say, he still, he caves, but only because he got to choose to cave. Right. Well, once he, the thing that was so great about the Talking Pillow episode, as soon as Walt comes home and he's relegated to the idea that it's just like, well, this is my last day on earth. My, my The time that I tried to take charge of my life, it was a complete fucking wrong. disaster. Right. So I'm not going to do that again. Obviously, um, and I'm not going to take Gretchen and Elliot's money, so I'm left with death because I'm not going to leave my family with all of that debt. I might as well just I might as well just leave this earth with how I how I left it. You know, I didn't really stamp my foot. No, there's no Walt Walter White carbon footprint really. So, what's the point? I'm too old to do this anymore. And when he comes home. Everyone's yelling at him, but you have to have the talking pillow. And it's probably, and I get goosebumps. I've seen it like eight times. Yeah. Every time I watch it, when Walt stands up after everyone's yelling at each other. I have the talking pillow now. Yeah. Yeah. He whistles and grabs the pillow. I have the talking pillow now. And he's taking command. Yeah. And that entire speech of him saying. It's the best. It's probably like the best monologue by Walt in the show. Oh, it's so well written, so well acted. I'm the one who knocks. I am the one who knocks. Is very Which are comparable. Both the same kind of thing. Yeah, but he's very much, he's very much like, listen, I've never made my own choices, mm-hmm. and he never, he never says it in this monologue. But you can tell it's also the reason he's never made any choices is based completely out of fear, and he yeah. talks about that later, totally in season two. But every 
every non-choice he's ever made was based on he was too afraid. Now yeah. he's completely unafraid. He's, uh, he's even unafraid of dying because he's right. just like, I've had it. Yeah. So instead, my choice will be I choose death. I choose not only that, but I choose not to do the treatment. Right. And, and this also, that, that choice, he's making a choice, but while Walt is obsessed with pride in the whole theme of his character for the entire show is mm-hmm. pride. The other theme with him is legacy. Right. And he says that line or whatever at the end where he's like me, some dead man, some artificially alive, just marking time. Mm-hmm. No. And that's the way you would remember me. And that's yeah. the worst part. Right. And it's like, he's not only making a choice, over how he's going to live the rest of his life. He's making a choice of how he's going to be remembered. Mm-hmm. And juxtaposed to that, Jesse is trying to get the the meth business up and going. Right. What I love about Badger's character is Badger is Jesse's Jesse. Right. And he's like... He brings those snacks. Yeah. He, do, he does exactly what Jesse did. Yeah. Whatever Jesse does to annoy Walt... Badger does it, and it's somehow worse than when Jesse does it. It's right. not some kinship of of the of starting a business together with somebody that you think is kind of funny right. and you get along with. Once you realize, like, oh, his shit is not together, yeah. and I don't think Jesse ever has the realization, oh, this is what I do to Walt. But I think he has the realization that I need Walt. I need at least somebody like Walt. So I think what he he doesn't have the realization, I'm this annoying. Yeah. He realizes, I think at the end of that episode, even though Walt's the one that comes to him, I think Jesse realizes, I know my place. Yeah. My place is to assist this person. Right. My place is in, I'm not a leader. No, yeah. I've never been a leader. When I tried to lead, it doesn't work. He en- it ends up working later when he becomes the leader to Badger and, um, and yeah, his, but and that's his buddies. and that's through Walt compartmentalizing. But Walt is technically, the one. Yeah. yeah, and so the great the great moment when Walt wakes up, Jesse kicks Badger out of the and leaves him in the desert, and Walt wakes up and he sees all of Skylar's books on how to deal with and what to do next with Walt's diagnosis. He realizes, okay, I'll I'll do it. And as he's driving, you're—I mean, you can recognize the street, so you know he's in Jesse's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But you don't really assume right away he's going back to Jesse, right? And then when he gets the phone call and he realizes he's talking to Gretchen, it's yeah. one last time that the universe is trying to step in. And and stop Walt from becoming Heisenberg. Right. And he turns her down once more, walks in, asks Jesse if he wants to cook. Episode is over. Right. Now, there's a ton of discussion in the Breaking Bad universe. When did Walt become Heisenberg? Was Walt Heisenberg from the start always? And it took his cancer diagnosis to bring it out. Did Heisenberg come out when he... Set it to Tuco. Was he fully fleshed out Heisenberg by season five or the end of season four? My opinion, it's that this moment. episode. 
Yeah, I think it's either this episode. I think it's there, there's only two options. Mm-hmm. I would agree it's either this episode where he takes command of his life because yeah. that's what Heisenberg does. Yeah. Or it's that it was latent. It was like hiding in him because when you get to early that one episode, I think it's like two episodes before that, um, and, the, and the cats in the river, you know, the cats in the bag and then the bags in the river or whatever. Mm-hmm. In that episode, it goes back in time and he's talking to a young Gretchen. Yes. And he's this like clever, I am important. So I think that part of Heisenberg, the part of I'm a leader and people are going to remember me, I'm a genius at what yeah. I do, that maybe was there the whole time. Yeah. But the taking command of your own life, putting on that hat and becoming a different person, uh, it maybe pro- it, it probably came about in this episode, and I think that's the right way. Yeah, your way of viewing that. And I like the, the I like what you said there too, because I I really what a great episode that is. To, him breaking down the anatomy of a human right. being. What's inside a human? What being. it is? What is a? He says, "What is it? What's that last bit of weight? Is it a soul? Yeah. Is that what life is? And that's what Gretchen says. Gretchen yeah. says, "Maybe it's the soul. maybe it's the soul." Yeah. And he's like, just chemistry. We're just about the chemistry. And you see that arrogance, that arrogance in him that was there when he was in his element. It's a lack of humanity that he has always had. Yeah. But I do agree. I think the thing, the the commanding aspect of him is what came out in this episode. Right. Um, and then, yeah, that moment of him turning down Gretchen once again, Heisenberg has now grown because from then on out, he is nonstop. Right. I mean, he uh, right around season three, the plane... Well, the next episode is the crazy handful of nothing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's he, when he, does, he literally... It has to have come before the moment with Tuco. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, the next episode is him saying that he's Heisenberg and mm-hmm. um, and then Heisenberg permeating throughout the rest of the lure, nobody knows who this Heisenberg is. It's kind of genius on I, Walt's part. I think that there is a possibility that Vince Gilligan would agree with your opinion on this, mm-hmm. that although he would never outright go out and say it, that this is the birth of Heisenberg because of the way he starts the next episode. Yeah. He decides to start the next episode at the end of the episode. Yes. He's walking away from a burning building and he has a shaved head or whatever. Yeah. And the fact that this one ends... With that means that he and he's immediately Heisenberg and then in the first scene of the next episode. Yeah. Means that this is the moment that that was born. Gabe, it is ripe. Yeah. God damn it. I love that show. I yeah. cannot wait for El Camino. A couple. Yeah. I'm so fucking excited oh. for El Camino. I was just going to say, um, just to like close out with the like meaning of life for me, I, I wrote this down for um, why this episode is about the meaning of life beyond um, what we're saying. It's just that he's close to the end of his life. He sees, he sees everything that he could have had. Mm-hmm. So I really love him walking into Gretchen and Elliot's house and he goes into that big study, that library, that yeah. study, and he sees all the accomplishments on the wall. He sees what gray matter has become. It's everything he could have had had he taken control of his own life and had he made the right decisions. Yes. And so he realizes that not only did he not make those right decisions, he's lost all control and he's lost all volition, like his own personal volition over everything in his life. And and not only that, he has he's lost his own way of tackling his life. Mm-hmm. He's being stripped away his life. 
Yes. He's gotten cancer and his body is falling apart. And so he, instead of taking the helping hand, he views that as a uh, patronizing helping hand, essentially. And he tells his family that he wants to go out on his own terms. And even, like, as I said earlier, when he decides that he's going to do chemo, it's on his own terms. Mm -hmm. But it's also because he realizes his impact on life. He reaches across his bed, and there's an empty place, mm -hmm. which is what will be there for Skylar if he leaves. And he realizes his importance Ooh. on the people around him. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he, in turn, he finds his true self, and he creates his own new life and has a further will to live. But really all of this, even though it seems like this is all about meaning of life and it's something for that, ultimately, and as you find out in the show, which is so brilliant about the like, like anti-evolution of Walt, the like him falling apart as the show goes, it goes him going to the sun and then falling all the way down mm -hmm. his Ozymandias thing yeah. is that none of this had to do with signs of the universe or meaning of life. Right. This all had to do with his own pride. Right. He's the one who decided to leave gray matter. He's the one who decided to leave Gretchen. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't, he's not the one who decided to get cancer, but he certainly put him, himself in a place to get cancer, working yeah. with the chemicals in that place yeah. and not taking command of his life. But it's all about his pride. Mm -hmm. It really has nothing to do with the signs of the universe. It's that he finally, he, he's, it, it, it's, it, it's not, it's like the, the person who's like, it, it's like Bruce Almighty. The person who's like, ooh, like smite me, almighty smiter or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's all about yourself. It's thinking about yourself. But really, none of this really had to do with that. Right. And it's his pride that leads him to become Heisenberg. Yeah, um, absolutely. Very well said. In fact, I don't want to say any more because what a great what a great recap. And Thanks. speaking of great podcasting on your part, what can people expect for a, a next episode of this uh, oh, yeah. of this series, The Meaning of Life, TV episodes that talk about the meaning of life. Yeah, so when Kane asked me this as we kind of, as it became clear at the beginning of this episode, mm -hmm. um, I didn't really know what that necessarily meant. And I even like Googled like TV episodes about the meaning of life and all I'm finding is that TV episodes are, are now exploring that more like Rick and Morty. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I really thought about uh, existential type things. Um, so I came up with three episodes that I think talk about the meaning of life, though I think they are very different to these ones. So it'll be a different Good. discussion. Yeah, the, so, and this will be in part two. Yeah, so the first one is uh, from The Leftovers, and I know most people haven't watched The Leftovers, and I know it's a little controversial, Ooh. but you didn't watch it, did you? No, I saw the first few episodes of the first season. People did, I love the first season. People didn't like, like the first season, but then they ended up loving it when the second season came out. Mm. So the penultimate episode of the second season is called International Assassin. And I, I really wanted to do the finale because the finale is all about the meaning of life and humanity okay. and what it means to be in this world. Because The Leftovers is obviously, you know, 2% of the population um, just goes missing. Mm -hmm. And everyone's left to, like, fend for themselves and figure out why, why certain people went missing and why not them. But the International Assassin... Um, to give a little bit of spoiler, it's essentially a purgatory episode. 
It's like a weird fantasy purgatory episode, and it comes out of nowhere. It doesn't feel like anything else in the show. Okay. And when it happened, it was so fucking bizarre, but you get to the end, and you're like, oh, my God, this is absolutely amazing. Um, And then... Uh, another one that people have obviously seen and you have talked about on a previous episode is Form and Void, the finale of True Detective. Yes. And I mostly thought about this because of Rust Cole's journey mm-hmm. and his sense of humanity by the end of the show. Yes. And his sense of optimism that he didn't have for his whole life and why he was in this life that had been repeated, you know, like if it, time was a flat circle. Right, right. And the last Great one, pick. I think we should do, because I was thinking about doing that Woods episode of Atlanta. Do you watch Atlanta? Uh, I saw the first, again, another first few episodes of the first season. It, it doesn't explore it to a degree that we could really like talk about it. You'd really have to like dig deep into why it has to do with the meaning of life. So I was thinking we'd do the Be Right Back episode of Black Mirror, the one with Donald Gleason. Um, husband dies in a car crash and wife gets an artificial like clone of him. Oh yes. That is about what it is that makes a life. Like what is Mm. their soul or whatever it Mm -hmm. are. Is it still life and what it is to forget someone else's life if they've passed on. Wow. Great picks. Great picks. Yeah. So that'll be next. Talk about this. That'll be next time we do a meaning of life episode for anybody listening on Patreon. Of course, you guys are not only getting this here on our patreon.com slash well actually pod, but you're getting it early because I will be releasing this following week as a bonus episode. Whoa. That'll be coming out next Tuesday for iTunes, Spotify, and whatever for all you listeners out there who are interested in joining the Patreon. Um, and anybody that came out to uh, the Well Actually live show. Yeah, I wish I went to that. That looked awesome. Oh, it was it a looked blast. Like a tremendous success. It was a great, great time. And um, so this is just a little bonus episode to let you guys know what the Patreon is all about. Right. Make sure you Get join on that the Patreon. Yeah, join I'm the nerd it. community. And another thing we want to plug for Gabriel um, when it comes out, and he'll be on again with uh, the co host of his new podcast called Face Off. Face Off So you podcast. want to tell them about it? Yeah, yeah. Very quickly, the idea of Face Off is that it is a podcast where we take two movies or potentially um, more than that. We take two movies and we compare, contrast, and rate them using our own specific metrics and kind of face them off against each other. So typically, we'll take a good movie and a comparably bad movie. And the comparison, if we can find two movies that are similar in structure, story, themes, director, or actor, we'll find some bridge to talk about the two movies. So mm-hmm. typically we'll take a good movie and a comparably bad movie. Um, our first episode will be Guardians of the Galaxy versus Suicide Squad, and you can Great. figure out which one we think is the bad movie Love um, out of those two. Um, and sometimes we'll take two movies that we both like, but to varying degrees, and we'll discuss them, and we will... Um, give them ratings to really show you why we think a certain movie is good and why we think a certain movie is bad and what aspects of that movie were good or bad. Beautiful. Um, Yeah. And there will be all types of genres. We'll get everyone. So So, don't be afraid. And when we get um, not only a, when, whenever that is released, we'll get a clip. We'll play it on this show. So uh, look for that when that comes out. Look for Face Off when it comes out, and I'll keep you guys abreast of that. If you're at all interested in following Gabe, you're at Gabe. Yeah, at Gabe underscore underscore Siegel Siegel on Instagram. Yeah. 
And uh, and then do you have the f- Instagram handle already? Yeah, the Instagram handle for uh, Face Off is at uh, Face dot off pod. Beautiful. On at Face dot off pod. At Face underscore off pod for Twitter. Awesome. That has been our uh, TV meaning of life TV TV show. <laughs> Fuck. That has been our TV episodes. TV episodes that explore the meaning of life. Part one. We'll go back and do part two with Gabe. Holly will be back uh, after she's done with her big move. Um, and for anybody that's sitting here at the Patreon or not on the Patreon and you want to visit, we got. Well, actually, T-shirts, hoodies, Holly makes shoes. We got art pieces and all kinds of stuff for you guys. So go to Patreon.com/slash/WellActuallyPod if you're already here. Hello, comment below where we uh, have this episode uploaded and tell us which episodes you want to hear us talk about or which episodes you just think explore the meaning of life the best. Uh, you can do that all in the comments section. Make sure that if this is the regular iTunes, that you rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Well, Let's actually, somebody. Go up to somebody that's having a nerd discussion and yeah. just go, show them up. well, actually, mm-hmm. there's a show that you should be listening to. And spread the word. Do it. Um, and that has been the end of the show, so let's sign off. Gabe, shaboo, shaboo, and I'm never going to give you up. <laughs>